and welcome back, Immortal X friends. I'm Cody. I'm Riley. I'm Ethan. And we are here today to talk about the year 2023 and what we are most excited for. Guys, how are you feeling about 2023? I'm stoked. You're stoked? Riley? I'm feeling old. (laughs) I'm feeling really, really old. Uh, I turned 32 this year. Do you really? I I I thought I was 31. Nope, I am currently 31. I turned 32 in about a month. So I just like to take this opportunity to say I'm thankful for my youth. About what? That I'm thankful for my youth. You know, Ethan, it wasn't too long ago I remember turning 21, just like you are. And it, time time comes for us all. It is a cruel, cruel mistress. So it's uh, it's happening. We met six years ago already. Mm, yeah, that makes 18. sense. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. How old were you in 2018? You would have been 27. So that was around the time that I think I met you, Cody. And you met me before then. It's been what seven years since I've known you. Um, this is my yeah, that's my seventh year knowing you. Well, so I know. Imagine that. But on that note, all all time aside, we don't need to focus on my age right now. Uh, 2023 is here. Um, it is here. We are excited for a new year, a new year for our pod, a new year for a lot of exciting uh, pieces of media that are coming out. We wanted to take this time to kind of just talk about things that we are excited for. Um, I also am going to put them on the spot and make us do some like uh, pod goals as well. Even if it's like, uh, Ethan, what's your goal for the pod? And Ethan says it's to come up with five more t-shirt catchphrases that will be on there. Um, but I'm excited. Uh, we're all excited. We're here. Um, this will mark. Uh, we'll have to do something for the one-year anniversary of the pod in in March, I think. Yeah. So we'll figure that out. My but little baby will be one year old. You'll have a one-year-old, or our pod will be. I'll one. have two one-year-olds. <laughs> you'll have a one-year-old pod and a one-year-old child. Yeah. Um, I'll be thirty-two. Ethan will be twenty-one. But I think we got some exciting things. Yeah. Um. We're going to talk comics, movies, games, and TV shows, so just kind of the full full gamut, full, the, full, the whole top gun, if you will. Yeah. Yep. All right. How do you want to do it? You want to roundtable it, or do you uh, want to just, so just kind of like Let's just kind of jump in when you have something. Awesome. All right. I guess. All right. All right. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. All right. <laughs> All right. going to start. Go. I'll start. I'll start. Um, I am going to start. I, I, I'm lucky. Uh, because my my first excitement starts at the end of this month, and it is called Sins of Sinister, uh, where I'm I'm so excited for this. I'm like, I am shocked how excited I am because a few months ago I feel like you and I talked about it, and I was just like, ah, whatever. And I feel like you're still kind of on that page a little. But uh, Sins of Sinister uh, will be uh, Gillen, Ewing, and Spurrier. Uh, kind of stopping their current X-Men titles, which is uh, Mortal X-Men, X-Men Red, and Legion of X, to instead do kind of like an Age of Apocalypse-style crossover in a world that Sinister is creating using a plot device that I will not say because Ethan is listening, and I do not want to spoil this plot, <laughs> this crazy plot device. But it's still one of my favorite things that has come out in comics, like, ever. Yeah. It's such a good idea. But... um. Those books are stopping and they're becoming Immortal X-Men, Storm and the Brotherhood, and Nightcrawlers. 
which is so cool uh, in the Sins of Sinister. So that starts in January. That starts this month. Uh, So I'm very excited to see what that looks like. And I think official confirmation that's going on for three months. I believe so, yeah. So that's going on for three months with those titles. We'll still get – I'm really curious to see what that looks like because that means we'll still be getting, like, Duggan's X-Men, New Mutants, X-Force, Wolverine, all of those. Um, But I'm really, really excited for that. Really excited to see what they do with Sinister. Really excited to see what comes out of his ongoing feud with Destiny and what this looks like in, in the new year. So excited for that. Nervous at the same time because at the end of this year is Fall of X. Yeah. So it has been a really amazing run for for comics and X-Men, for, for me at least, for us, I feel like. I've enjoyed it a lot. So reading a title like Fall of X definitely makes me nervous for what is ahead, but I'm still extremely excited for for the journey to get there. But I think that's that's my first excitement. I'm sure we'll be talking about that a lot on the pod. I want to. Um, can I go again? Can I say another one? Sure. So this is another one that I'm really excited about, and I'm excited about for what I hope it means for the pod. Ryland, I've been talking about it a little bit. But in two weeks, a giant omnibus of House of M comes out which is one of, I think, all three of our favorite comic stories. And so this omnibus not only contains the six-issue Bendis run, but all of the House of M tie-ins that I have read one of them. Have you read any of them? No, I've not read any of them. <laughs> so the House of M tie-ins are coming, and they are in a, just a fat omnibus. Like, is yeah. this one bigger? This isn't bigger than your AVX one, It's I don't not think. bigger than AVX, but I think it's close. I think that this... AVX is almost 1700 and House of M is about 1400. So it's still ridiculous, it's, but it's not the biggest. It's still a big book, and I'm so excited for this big book because these are alternate takes on these characters in an alternate universe. And I think that'll be really fun to pair with Sins of Sinister. Uh, but Riley and I were already talking. Ethan, I'm telling you about it right now about basically almost like a, a month of M, of basically like a House of M, like. That sounds, yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. Ethan's in. It's like, that's all I needed to hear. Talking about the main series, but then also these spinoff titles and just what that looks like. Um, and I'm excited for us both to be reading new content, like, yeah. but old, like in a chunk. So I feel like a lot of these reads, like I had read or you hadn't read or, or vice versa, like Daredevil and stuff, but mm-hmm. getting to read these together will be really fun. So those are my two, I guess I'll start with in January. Um, I have a January one. Go so ahead. All right, jump on in. Uh, so this one's a little different. Um, at the end of January, um, there is a uh, a game releasing that I'm stoked for. Back when I was a kid, I had a Target gift card, and my mom took me to Target and let me buy one game, and I couldn't find anything that I wanted. And in the old like one of the aisles that was like the twenty dollar or less aisle or whatever, like the PlayStation um, Classic. Yeah. Uh, I I grabbed a game for my Xbox 360 called Dead Space, and uh, the reason that I grabbed it is because the the cover art to the original Dead Space game in 2008 is just a severed arm floating in space, and I was like, wow, that sounds cool, and like it's aliens and monsters up in space, and that sounds awesome. So I grabbed Dead Space, uh, played it late at night probably peed my pants multiple times um and since then it has still been uh one of my favorite game series uh well it has gotten a full remaster uh from the ground up they are remastering and remaking this game um 
with the original uh the original actors all of that kind of stuff um but just brand new engine all the ai are going to be extremely smart every playthrough is going to be a little bit different you're not going to be able to anticipate the jump scares all of that kind of stuff um i am very stoked at the end of the month to replay this game sort of for the first time in a whole new way um i cannot wait to pee my pants uh it's gonna be awesome so i that think is, that comes out in a few in a few weeks yeah january 27th 27 that is so exciting yeah it's gonna be real fun very very stoked for that um since cody did a second one i will also do another one uh this is also a january one um i am one of those people uh the last of us the hbo show starts in a few weeks i think about two weeks maybe um it took me a long time to put the first disc in my PS4 and and play it, but once I did, uh, I was as hooked as everyone told me that I would be. Um, the second game is probably my favorite video game of all time, and in fact, one of my favorite anything in any media. Um, so the, the show is very exciting. Um, I love the first game so intensely that i'm a little nervous for the show i do admit um just hoping that they can do it justice uh i'm expecting it to be different than the video game just seeing how it's going to play out in this format um i'm very excited uh hoping that it's just very original and um it draws us into the drama the way that the games did um but yeah i will be uh eagerly anticipating that first episode dropping i cannot wait to dive into that show um so yeah the month of january has got a lot of good stuff i don't think i realized that a few minutes ago what is uh so the last of us what is that yeah so the last of us it's about uh this treasure hunter um right. that uh that has this map and uh, yeah, it's been too long since i played uncharted i don't even remember what the plot line is so riley gave me <laughs> last of us Probably two years ago, maybe even more than that now. No, no, because we were in the house, so it hasn't been two years yet. But a long enough time ago, and I've started it. I've started it, and I enjoy it. <laughs> so so maybe this will be what finally gets me to play The Last of Us is the TV show by the Chernobyl it, producers. You can't watch the show until you play the game. That's yeah, true. You should be that people. I should be that guy. I am on board with this idea. Yeah, that's actually probably a pretty fair fair thing. It the show coming out does make me want to finish the game. <coughs> and by finish, I mean play 90% of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're still on Christmas break, you know, you have the I time. Do. To I do. I have the time. I have the time. Kind of sort of ish. Maybe I'll I'll put it in. Ethan what are you excited about this year? Uh, I'm I'm excited about a lot. The two things that I'm going to mention are things that I am both very excited about, but to be honest, a little nervous about, because they both are taking franchises uh, and taking it back to their roots, which I think is interesting. So the first one I'm going to bring up, this is not something we usually talk about on this podcast, but speaking from a Disney Broadway perspective, I am actually pretty stoked for the live-action Little Mermaid. Nice. Oh, we love Disney stuff here. We do. Yeah, Cody and Bob Iger are really good friends. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> good I, friend I Bobby forgot Iger. about that. Uh, the email. And, yeah. and if mostly Bob Iger's... By that, I'm, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but mostly what I mean by that is Cody emails Bob Iger, and Bob Iger 
doesn't email back. <laughs> doesn't receive them. He emails me back, and he's pretty excited about this movie, That's too. That's awesome. I, I assume he is. I, I know Bob Iger was really involved in its creation over the past <laughs> few years at Disney. Look, I... And you're excited about this because they're using real mermaids in it. I am. I'm really excited <laughs> no. because now it confirms to me that real mermaids exist. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty. I did see my, my relation to the Little Mermaid live action, Ethan, is I saw a picture of Flounder. That was, that was one of the most terrifying things that I had seen. It has since been proven, like, they, they re-rendered it, but this flounder image was, was so shocking. That is true. Yeah, that I was like, honestly, I'm here to see this bad boy sing. But Flounder doesn't really do a whole, whole lot of singing, but... Are you sad, Ethan, that they will not be doing what most live-action Little Mermaid performances do, which is have the people on Heelys or roller skates? I am sad. I'm also really sad that, like the main actress isn't going to be tied down to like a rock that rolls on stage. <laughs> yeah. Riley, Riley just looked up <laughs> flounder. <laughs> how would you, de- have you seen this before? No. How, I, how I would you not. describe what you're looking at? <laughs> um, the eyebrows are a pretty uh, shocking. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, this is, uh, this is not what I would have expected. Uh, it is we should confirm this is fan art they did or it's quote unquote fan art i don't think it was i think they i think this was a sonic the hedgehog thing it was i can confirm that where where they put it out and they're like oh look like (laughs) wouldn't this be crazy if this is what it looked like and then people are like this is a monstrosity and now they changed it but you're excited for Little Mermaid. Go, go on. Talk I, more I about am. Mermaid. And I, I say that being somebody who is active in theater still. Willow, my dog, is excited for Mermaid as well. She's supporting me. Yeah. She's backing me up. She also wants likes to, mermaids. She wants to eat flounder is what she wants. <laughs> Look, this is speaking from somebody who's currently active in musical theater, who has done this yeah. for years. I enjoy this kind of stuff. But more than that, and this is, I'm going to self-own right now, as a 10 year old boy for whatever reason the little mermaid was one of my favorite movies and i have no like valid explanation as to why it was yeah but this is like a childhood nostalgia thing and that's why i'm very excited but also nervous because go ahead what is your like what is your dream role as a performer in mermaid prince eric prince eric in fact not flounder (laughs) well flounder would be great but i just don't think i have the chops for that or the eyebrows. No, right? or the eyebrows. <laughs> oh, man. I have Prince Eric songs in do my you, audition binder. Will there be a change from the, the animated movie that you'll be like, oh, man, they didn't do this. I'm pissed. Like, they've, they've, because they've made some generous changes in some of the. They have. The and actions. honestly, like, I, I say this because The Little Mermaid, when it came out, pretty much like resurrected Disney as a whole. Historically speaking, like physically, Walt Disney came back to see he Little did. Mermaid in theaters. Yeah, from his frozen <laughs> chamber. <laughs> I'll, I'll email him. And so you know, you have such a great movie yeah. with, honestly, in my mind, an even better Broadway run. Okay. And the Broadway one was also like very generous with the changes it made to the characters and stuff, and I was completely fine with it. So I'm walking into this with a completely open mind. Yeah. The reason I'm nervous is because historically speaking. Disney's live actions have not been well received. What's your favorite Disney live action? I mean, look, I'm going to have to go Beauty and the Beast because, yeah. like, in my mind, that's just the best one. But that's 
that's, feels dishonest to that's say. That's Riley's favorite live action. Yo, yeah. actually, like I like non-ironically love the live action Beauty and the Beast, like the songs in it, all the stuff. Like, yeah, I love that one. It just it's it was the best out of all of them, but it's still like had its issues. I, I was honestly I was a pretty big fan of Aladdin. Actually, I really, I actually really enjoyed that one. I thought it was pretty fun. I heavily um, disenjoyed. Did you? Yeah. I think that was the first one that I actually enjoyed my time while watching it. I had several major gripes with Aladdin. Yeah. And it's not because... Mostly Jafar not singing was a wasted opportunity. Agreed. It was also like... We don't have the time to get into did my... Did you see Dumbo? I did see Dumbo. Did you see Dumbo? I did not see Dumbo. <laughs> I didn't see Dumbo. Did you there see might, Pinocchio? No, no, because because <laughs> you want to talk about monstrosities yeah. is is no, that his name is Monstro, the giant whale. Anyways, um, I will be disappointed if Ursula does not turn giant and try to eat the boat. That's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. I will be disappointed. Actually, you know what? No, I'm I'm not gonna say anything like. I, I'm I'm not gonna walk in with any expectations. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, looking at the cast, look the fact that David Diggs is playing Sebastian is what I'm really excited for. Um, How much of his face do you think we'll see on Sebastian? What I'm hoping they do is like a, um, you know how in Pirates of the Caribbean, in one of them, right? There's that weird dude with the head who's like a crab, like the head is a crab that crawls around. Yes. Yeah, I'm hoping it's kind of like that. Okay. I'm hoping it's David nice. Diggs' head on some crab legs being like, the seaweed is always greener. But he's, somebody's he's head on the crab. But it's, yeah. I like that. Under the sea. All right. Under the sea. So Ethan is excited for Little Mermaid, and I can see why. Um, what else? What else? You said you had a second one. I do. Um, Bringing the franchises back to the roots. You said, I'm really nervous about what Ethan's going to say. Okay. This is not one that you're like invested in, so you okay. can take a deep breath. But I think last, I don't even remember what episode it was. I talked about how much I've been enjoying uh, Assassin's Creed and their latest games. That's a franchise that I've loved for a while. The last like three or four games, and anyone who's an Assassin's Creed fan listening will understand this, have been very experimental. They have all been like very Atlanta season three in the sense that it's like just <laughs> different yeah. than what their formula was. And it has been not received the best. I like them, but it's been not received the best. What is the most recent one? Is that the Greek one? Valhalla. Uh, no, those, that's the Viking one. Viking one, okay. which I actually really enjoyed. Yeah. The Greek one. Odyssey. That Odyssey was, was like it that was, was a, where it was pretty like people were either loving yeah. it or like what it was a good game. Like I enjoyed as a game, it was good, but in relation to the franchise, it just didn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot that just didn't work. So the next Assassin's Creed game that's coming out is <laughs> called Assassin's Creed uh, Mirage. It takes place in 9th century Baghdad, which as a history like nerd, there's a lot of cool implications for that, talking about secret cults and orders in the middle of like the world's trade center at the time but anyways what the developers have talked about is that this is pretty much going to go back to square square one like the of the first game the mechanics of the first game we're going to see that in this game but improved so that's just like that's refreshing for the fandom right now going back to what was originally done and what originally worked so well i heard just like what riley was talking about dead space where they were going to change the jump scares they're going to change some of the locations of uh, hay bales so yeah. you'll jump off sometimes and just like slam into the floor instead. I've heard that too, and I really hope that that's the case, or that they're like goofs in that regard. I hope that like 
when you flip out your hidden blade to assassinate someone, instead like a flower comes out, you know, or like a interesting. Yeah. So it's like a peaceful assassin. It's like a peaceful like a assassination. Assassin. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> no, look, I I am I'm excited for that game. I'm excited to see them take it back to the roots but then improve that and kind of go back to basics. Yeah. So. Nice. Cool. Those are those are good good ones. Um I think one <laughs> that I know Riley's excited about, I know that I'm excited about is uh Jonathan Hickman has a new Marvel project. Mm-hmm. Um, with another, uh, I was gonna say friend of the pod, but I don't think he knows we exist. We definitely like shout him out a lot, though, as our our artist. He knows you have to believe. Valeria Shidi, like doing the art on this is just—we don't even know what this book is called yet. We have no idea. We have no idea what this book is called. I don't even think an official release date's been announced. Mm-hmm. But um, Hickman and Shidi are doing a secret project for Marvel, and it looks like it. The the most that we have to a description is they compared it to like what Sandman was for DC yeah. <laughs> is what this project's gonna be for. And that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, we've seen a few character images that look like it's um like order and chaos and the Living Tribunal, but as like more like humanoid forms. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing what you and I like about East of West. And even some of his other projects, like uh, the, oh my gosh, Black Monday Murders and stuff like that. Like, he does some really interesting stuff with gods and ideas that I'm just, I'm very excited to see what we explore with this title. Yeah. I'm stoked that it's just, it's, it seems to be something that's not like self contained in terms of the like, it's not Hickman doing a Daredevil book. No. Which would be cool. Which would be cool, but, but like, not needed. It seems like this is like Hickman being able to just go like no holding back on this like weird abstract concept that's like not like anything that we've been reading recently. So I'm stoked. It's going to be cool. Uh, I'm also excited just for the the ability to like read this thing together with yeah. other people. Um, and just have this little community of people reading this new Jonathan Hickman book that's coming out probably monthly or whatever. Yep. Um, it's just going to be fun. I it's, think it'll be really uh, fun. I love the mystery around it right now. Yeah. I love the implications for just reading together. Um, it's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. You guys mentioned a video game, so I guess I'll say one too. Um, I am very excited for the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, mm. Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. Um, I am a, a huge Zelda fan, and I think there's an alternate you know, variant version of this podcast that's just about video games instead where I just, like, my love for X-Men is just my love for Zelda. Um, so I'm, I'm very stoked uh, for this game to come out. It's been, a, it's been a long time, and we talked about just the length between some of these things. Uh, this is a game that they released a trailer for, like, two and a half, almost, like, three years ago now, and then nothing until very recently. Uh, the how often I go back and like reread House of X, I'm the same way with playing Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Those are the games where I'm like, I'm craving a video game. I'm gonna play that and go through. So really excited for that game. I, I'm yeah. I'm just I'm really curious to see what they do. Um, Breath of the Wild is an incredible, just immersive, massive game. But it's not my favorite of the Zelda games. I missed a lot of like the dungeons. 
and kind of the item selection that the previous games had. So I'm hoping that some of those mechanics make their way back in uh, while still maintaining like just the giant scope of the world. So you guys Zelda guys actually don't know if we really talked about that. Not in like a not in the way that you are, but I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, yeah kind of the same as Ethan said. I didn't grow up with uh, with a Nintendo anything really. Um, so any any experience with Smash Bros or any Mario or Zelda anything has been like as an adult with yeah. somebody else. So um, my knowledge about Zelda games and stuff is super limited. Um, but I do enjoy it when I'm you know around it. It yeah. just doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often. I I my very first video game console was a Nintendo sixty four, and I, I had the original Super Mario Brothers, and I had one Zelda game. I can't even remember what it was called, but I remember enjoying it. So I mean Nice. I've seen that come a long way for yeah, sure. That's cool. Um anything else? Anything else you guys are like raging for? I okay pumped up for I want to bring this up. I it's not pumped up for but I'm very curious to hear your guys' opinions because we've talked a little but have not talked much and this is something that we all love. Wait, what do you think it's gonna be? Because I have no idea. Yeah, I kinda guess, guess it. It's something that all three of us really enjoyed when it was on Netflix, and now we're like wondering how it's gonna work out being moved to a different streaming service. I don't think that comes out this year. Are you talking about Daredevil? Yeah, end of this year. Is it? I think it's in two years. I think it's very end of twenty twenty three. I because I yeah. the reason I say this because I just checked on my phone. TV shows coming out. Oh, okay. In twenty twenty three. It might. Maybe. Even if it doesn't, though. How are you guys feeling about Daredevil Born Again? I love that Ethan just turned this into a Daredevil pod. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. I, I don't know. Back when Daredevil Season 3 came out, Cody and I could barely focus on teaching children. <laughs> that like, We were just becoming friends then, too. Yeah. We had like known each other for a few months, and we both realized that we were bad teachers because we would watch Daredevil and talk about that and think about that instead of doing our jobs. Yeah, it was very, very difficult for us to concentrate on teaching children when it uh, when Daredevil season three came out, um, it was like consuming my brain. So anything related to Daredevil for me is going to be so exciting and overwhelming when it comes out. I'm not going to be able to focus on anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be cool. I, I just I love and I know I speak for so many people. Uh, I love the Netflix show so much that. My only wish is that this new series doesn't negate the Netflix show. Like, even if it's not a direct continuation or something, like, I hope that the new show doesn't make the three seasons that we enjoyed, plus Defenders, feel completely, like, obsolete or, like, yeah, that happened, but that never happened kind of thing. Um, I thought that Daredevil was such a special show. Um, so, yeah. I'm yeah. stoked for it. As it gets closer, I will not be able to stop thinking about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I cross my fingers that it's going to be awesome. I think I feel really similar. Um, that, that show is awesome. And I, for the longest time, and I'd say still, like I, I put that at the top of all, any of my MCU lists. Where it's like all the movies, Daredevil. That, yeah. that's, that's how high of regard that I held it, and I still do. Um, I, I really enjoyed him in She-Hulk, honestly. Um, I thought he was still a fun part. I thought both that and his brief cameo in No Way Home, like, I feel like he still felt like Matt Murdock and still felt like the same character. I think Charlie Cox does such a great job with that performance. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, 
I'm excited, obviously a little like hesitant for the exact same reasons that Riley just mentioned. Like I really just don't want the canon and the storytelling that they established to just be like like snapped away for for lack of a better term because of contract reasons. Yeah. Like that would suck. I agree. It's so. like my biggest concern here is retconning. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like there's so much great character stuff, and I, I, I love the ensemble cast of that show, too. I think yeah. Foggy and Karen and obviously, like, Fisk, but, like, all of them were so strong that I'd be really sad to see them wiped away for someone a little, you know, fresher or cheaper. I would, yeah. I would go so far as to say it would be a straight-up mistake for Marvel Studios to not bring back some of those actors. So um, and you even expanding a little bit, like, I know that some of those Netflix series weren't the ones that were, you know, weren't all super well-received, but, you know, I didn't have any issues with any of the actors specifically. So, like, I mean, another one that was a favorite of mine was The Punisher. Like, it was was a brutal show. It was really heavy and very hardcore in terms of violence. And he was so perfectly cast, too. Yeah. It would be a mistake in my eyes for them to not bring in all of the actors from uh from the original netflix series so i don't know if i would need to watch it if it's not a direct continuation i i think i'll go as far as to say that somewhat but i don't know yeah um so yeah it, i don't know when born again comes out like it's it's so far off that it's not yet on my radar but i to answer your question in a long-winded format like <laughs> born again will be totally consuming for my brain when that comes out um so yeah i've got i've got lots of of hope for that i is there a certain storyline that you hope that they would adapt because i have a few based on like what we've read and i know you've you've read even more daredevil than me on the other end um no i just i think i I really like that in season three they started to dive into like the brooding nature of Matt Murdock, like in the like I need to be alone and I'll do this myself and that kind of thing. And it was only through the like the difficulties of what season three was that he started to realize that he needed the people around him. You yeah. Know? Um, which was great because we love the ensemble as we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So um, no, I don't know. Yeah. I just uh, I loved all the things that they were doing with his character, uh, and I just I hope it's not all just kind of lost to to time and technicality. That Ag- it wasn't agreed. A Disney owned show at the time, yeah. so whatever. And I think it's like I, them Disneyfying it or whatever, like you want to call it, isn't my concern. It's more it's more the characters, and it's not yeah. even the character of Matt Murdock, but it's some of the other ones. I I didn't. I, I liked Hawkeye. It was fine. I actively dislike their portrayal of Kingpin, and I I will stick to that just because it's like, it's it was weird. really it was, disappointing. It was weird and disappointing. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it so, was bizarre. I'm hoping if there's anything they're gonna retcon, it's the Kingpin that they tried to make out in Hawkeye. I think there's oh man. I they will not do this, but I think there could be a very cool version of that show that happens during the five year snap. And it's yeah. like, if you don't mm. want to have the rest of the cast, like whoever wasn't there got snapped away. But if you had like a Daredevil versus Kingpin, like rising to extreme power during the power vacuum of the snap, that would, to me, like that is my ideal show yeah, of awesome. like the yeah. chaos of the world, like post snap. 
and Matt and Murdoch as like this just just that to me is the show that I would want to see and I feel like that's how you could get away with like maybe you don't have Foggy you don't have Karen Page but instead you're like yeah that that would be a cool show I don't think I they'll agree. do that but I feel like there's I've definitely seen some things where it's like you have Kingpin where Kingpin ends in Daredevil season three versus where he is in Hawkeye is very different like there's obviously been more money that's been accrued um as he's like in full like he is the kingpin of like a different type of villain yeah and his hawaiian t-shirt and his hawaiian t-shirt but it would be cool to see him get to that level i agree if you you got to making him darker and like yeah yeah, the concept of the snap has happened and organized crime is taking over hell's kitchen now daredevil has to stop it that sounds great yeah Another thought that I have to kind of answer Cody's question from a minute ago of like storylines and whatever it might be like we talk so much about Kingpin specifically and and rightly so because Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing in that role. But um, again, Daredevil season three did such a great job at showing us uh, Wilson Bethel's bullseye deteriorating from a sort of stable mental place into full on like a bullseye mode by the end of the season. Um, and I, I mean, he's another supporting actor in that series that I thought was just really well cast. Um, and some of the things that we've read from Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Ed Brubaker have been bullseye, like completely unhinged, just being an absolute animal. And I think it would be really cool if, um, you know, yes, we're going to have the Kingpin involved uh, and that's awesome. And we're all looking forward to that. But I also think it'd be really special uh, if they brought back Wilson Bethel as a truly unhinged, like I'm going to kill everybody version of Bullseye. I think that'd be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board for that. And obviously Kevin Feige has another active listener of this podcast who's <laughs> getting all these ideas. Yeah, and I know. He and Bob hang out and listen to Have you guys, show. that being said, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, have you seen some of the leaked synopses for Thunderbolts? Yes. Yeah, and you were right. Dude, I pitched that. I, know. I pitched that on here in like July or something. I, I saw some of those and I was like, oh my gosh. They do actually listen to this podcast. Someone does. I, I, I don't think Marvel does. I think someone who leaked it and then writes for another website may have. But um, that, was, that was pretty fun to see. And I may have jumped with joy for a moment. Yeah. The idea of that celestial head turning into Genosha, though, that's pretty dumb. I'm not. Yeah, we don't. I'm not sold. No. Um, I just still don't know why they're deciding to make a movie about the weather. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That was a really dumb joke. But um, dumb. That was a good dad joke. Thank you. Wow, are you a dad? I am a dad. Um, You're a father. Yeah. All right. I I'm gonna. I don't know if he's being kind or if he's forgotten or if he's just waiting to see if it goes around. Uh, I'll check in with you. Do you have anything else that you're like really excited for this year? Nope. That's literally everything. Yeah. I'm not excited about anything else. Do you though? Do you have one more thing you want to talk about? I want to uh, put I want to put Ethan on the spot before he gets a chance to be about it again. Okay. Um. So we can wrap. No, it up. I mean, I think uh, I think the last thing is that uh, you know, there's just a lot of books coming out this year that yeah. I'm excited for. Um, a lot of things that I want to read coming up. Um, very excited. Like we talked about a little bit earlier, that House of M is coming out in an Omni form. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Two is coming out. Secret Warriors, which we have not had the chance to read is finally being reprinted yes. in omnibus form in about 
eight months <laughs> in a while that'll be near our end of the year um, but that is a huge blank spot in yeah. terms of our jonathan hickman marvel reading so uh i'm excited for secret warriors uh hickman's avengers new avengers getting collected again this year um yeah i'm just stoked there's a lot of cool stuff uh hoping that some of the um the era of x-men that we're currently reading starts getting collected in hardcover form um an immortal x-men or x-men red hardcover would be very very welcome um yeah just stuff like that excited to keep reading stuff and experiencing new stories so yeah yeah. i agree all right put ethan on blast go for it oh boy the last the last thing that i guess i'll say i'm excited about is in regards to just any mcu content i'm really excited to see kang i'm not even excited for the ant-man movie (laughs) i'm not really excited for marvel's guard like i want to see kang i just want to see jonathan majors do that i'm very excited to see him in creed 3 He's ripped as hell. I was going to say, the Avengers are in trouble because that man. (laughs) I remember when Riley and I watched, uh, we saw a trailer for it the other day. And I literally just went, Jonathan Majors appears on screen. I'm like, he's going to just like rip like Paul Rudd apart. Like there's no contest. Um, So Jonathan Majors, since you're also a listener of this podcast. Dude. Uh. I mean, hit us up on Instagram. Give us your workout routine. Yeah, I need it. Amazing, dude. Like, dude, wild. So, Ethan. Yeah. I think I know what you are most excited for this year in regards to media. Oh, yeah. And I I don't even know if he realizes or just forgot or is trying to be humble. I think Ethan is most excited for Indiana Jones and the, is it called the Dial of Destiny? You know what? Cody Ashford, Cody Cody Lee Ashford. I am very excited for that movie. I the know. reason I did not bring it up is because I know I'm actively going to get poo-pooed on. You're not going to get poo-pooed. That's not what we're about here. But I I just want to I want to see for the first time on the record, Ethan. My goal for this movie is that I'm I'm not really sure where Riley stands on it. But my goal for you is like that I eat my words with anything that I think about it because it's just awesome. Don't worry. That's my goal too. <laughs> but I want to see how just we can end on this. That's, that's probably, I think, probably the biggest piece of like IP media that comes out this year. Probably. Um, like I, I was looking through that list and I can't think of anything else that like will top like the, that, that could be this year's Top Gun Maverick, right? Like it could be something that's like hasn't been around for a long time, comes back and just blows everyone away. Or it could not. I am on the, I don't have a lot of faith in it. I didn't love the first trailer, but that is me. I, you, you have been very vocal about your excitement for this movie. I actually, I don't remember or don't know if I've heard where Riley stands, but Ethan, why is this your most anticipated project of this upcoming year? Here's the thing. All right. I want to preface this by saying you have like, in all honesty, Cody, you have a lot of validity in saying you're not excited for it because there have been signs that point to it not being great. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is probably the biggest sign of all. We That movie rocks hard. What are you talking about? We did not need CGI gophers being the opening shot. Look, I guess this is the same thing as the other two I said. This is something I'm very hopeful for, that I'm very excited for. I'm not going to put all my stock in it, but I'm going to put a lot of stock in it because after seeing that trailer, seeing how this is pretty much a legacy passing of the baton, 
to a different character, but it goes back and explores adventures of a young Indiana Jones. Being actually pretty impressed with the CGI renderings of a young Harrison Ford's face and kind of seeing how they are maybe making up for some of the things that Crystal Skull did wrong. I'm just excited. Crystal Skull did nothing wrong. We are not having this argument again. (laughs) Hashtag Crystal Skull did nothing wrong. Kind of like Thanos did nothing wrong a couple years ago. (laughs) I will also say this much. This is my last day on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Cody is leaving to go hang out with smarter people. You like what you like. And if it's Crystal Skull, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, Like... Riley has gone on record as being an avowed Crystal Skull apologist. I actually don't think I knew that. I actually really enjoyed Crystal Skull. Uh, I, I enjoyed it that one time I saw it when, when it came out like in 2000. And, Riley also that? thinks the Temple of Doom is like all that in a bag of chips. That's, so Temple not, of Doom not, is so much Temple fun. Temple of Doom is so good. It's, Temple of Doom is a very, Temple very fun Doom movie. Temple of Doom is super fun. It's super fun. Watch Ethan like this it's super fun. I he will. Prob- unless it's like He's really bad. It's will. really bad, but I probably will. Because Temple of Doom was a fun, great movie. It pales in comparison to both Raiders and Crusade. I mean, yeah, I, I, those two are super, super special. I mean, I guess if you had to choose the week of the three, it would probably be Temple of Doom. Yeah. But like Temple of Doom is still like dope as hell. You it know? is. And Temple of Doom is way better than Crystal Skull. Like, I'm not arguing that. But Crystal Skull has Shia LaBeef in it. Shia LaBeef. All right. Also, long-time long time listener, friend of the pod. Hey, hey Shia, Shia LaBeef, Kevin Feige. How was it Bob swinging with the CGI out. monkeys on the vines I, in I Crystal Skull? I saw someone Skull? the other day. Did you guys see the Fablemans? I did not. Well, Fablemans is great. It's really fun. <laughs> but in it, it's, it's slightly autobiographical of Steven Spielberg. And um, in it, his, his family gets a monkey at some point. And I saw someone trying to argue online that because Steven Spielberg had a pet monkey, that the monkeys in King of the Crystal Skull were personal for him. And that's why, <laughs> and that's why, yes. and that's why we were all bullies when making fun of the monkeys. Steven, I'm sorry we hurt your feelings. I think Steven will be okay. But um, I'm just, I am excited for this movie and I'm very hopeful that yeah, I'm hopeful that it pulls the Top Gun Maverick, yeah. that it respects the legacy of something that's been around for a long time, but adds a new fresh element so that both old and young fans alike can kind of combine and be like, this is a really cool. And that I am, I am praying to every god right now that there is no Indiana Jones 6. I'm hoping that this is like, okay, Crystal Skull left a bad taste in the mouth. Let's redeem it. Let's knock it out of the park. And then let's be done. Let's let Harrison Ford retire. Let Shia LaBeef take over. <laughs> let him take over. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am, I am not excited for that movie. I really wish I was. Um, I'm, I'm so excited that you are, and I mean that without any, any ounce of irony. Like I am, I'm very glad that you were excited for that movie. Um, I just don't trust it in a way that you know. As we started this podcast, I'm turning 32 this year, and I'm feeling even more like Harrison Ford now, where I'm like, I don't care if I'm a force ghost. Like, I just, I'm I'm feeling even more bitter towards towards things like that. But I hope it's great. And I that hope is I fair. Wrong. I hope I hope it's awesome. I don't necessarily trust it either. But as a very wise man once said, 
faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. And I'm choosing that like mindset for this movie. And that wise man was Flounder <laughs> in The Little Mermaid. Wow. Thanks for taking this pod full circle, Ethan. Um, anything else? Anything else? I'm, I'm excited. I know we've talked about this briefly in text, but uh, a podcast that I really love and respect called The Big Picture, they do something called Movie Drafts where basically they kind of do like fantasy football type rules. Yeah, that's cool. And they make drafts of movies from certain years or franchise or like horror and stuff like that. But I really want to do that with um, some superhero teams where we are basically competing against each other, maybe get some of our other um, read-along friends involved uh, to compete to see who can assemble and have have people vote online for who assembles like the best X-Men team or the best Avengers team. Um, or the best like movie lineup of stuff. So I'm really want to try that out this year. Um, we're looking forward to bringing you more regular content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully some other exciting surprises as we get into it. Um, I know if you guys didn't know, Riley has been the the main mastermind of our Instagram. Um, and so I know we're excited to be a little more active on that, a little more active here, and just uh, yeah, just have a great, great Immortal X Friends year. Yeah. Cool. Join us on Instagram. Talk about comics with us. You know, yeah. enjoy things and follow along with our uh, reads that we are doing yeah. together. Follow the read-alongs. It's basically like a fun, fun online book club. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we should note that right now we're in the middle of a lot of uh, of X Men Hickman stuff. Um, lots of events coming up and things like that. But we won't always be just on X Men books. Like we will venture off into other things that are a little bit more contained that you don't have to read you know 50 issues of blank before you're able to join us on the reading order and stuff so um if you have suggestions of things that you'd want to read uh then hit us up on instagram yeah we definitely want to branch out and not just be contained to only x-men stuff um so yeah if you have a favorite run or something that you've been itching to read tell us uh, to talk about it yeah Let's uh, let's read together and talk about stuff. And as always, uh, read comics. Read comics. Thanks for listening. Bye. Crystal Skull is amazing. Mm-hmm.